glass, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Trying to get hit, musical loudest, nigga but hits If I hop on it, then do what you get I just go in like the fit of a switch I come to party, trying to get hit Musical loudest, nigga but hits If I hop on it, then do what you get I just go in like the fit of a switch Welcome in, welcome to the show. It is October 1st, 2020. Jeez, already October. Wait, so after October's uh, November. Wow, it's crazy. Alright, anyways guys, welcome in Kicking with the King. It's episode 294. It's good to be back here, obviously, like I said, on the brand new month. And we are at our place of residence. I am just in the backyard today. It's a really beautiful scenery. I'm actually um, um, in the backyard, like I said, looking up at the sky. And if you're very familiar with California and everything that's going on in California, the air quality isn't the healthiest. And I know I'm out here. I know I'm wearing a mask. I don't do nothing along those lines. But fuck it. We only live once. YOLO. And I figure, why not? We have a great show to plan. I hope you guys enjoyed the segment I had about John Jones. We talked about a lot of that, and we will talk about John Jones and Israel Adesanya as that rivalry seems to get more nasty, seems to get more personal, and obviously doesn't seem to really be going anywhere anytime soon. So we're going to sit there, and we're going to talk about that. Let's just quickly run down today's list of what we're going to be talking about today to get you guys a little bit excited, to get you aware of what we're going to talk about. And I know obviously we go off on rants and talk about different things at, at times as well. But um, just to give you a little bit of an idea of what we're going to be talking about. I mean, we, sometimes we, we kind of pull it away from doing it, but it's cool. Because like, I don't really care if we don't, if we tell, tell it like, you know, a list of lineups of what we're going to be talking about. Or if we just start off the, right off the bat and you know, kind of just go with the flow. That's also a good style to try to. It just depends on what it is. And I just wrote, I actually wrote notes today. Is that a good, uh, a good start? Um, is my year going to start improving now? I'm starting to write notes. No, it's not some notes. I just wanted to make sure that I covered everything, you know, and, and came up with the things that I wanted to cover and to talk about. So that's kind of why. Normally, we should always make fucking notes and stuff for the show and shit like that. But um, today, I, I, I did it, and I was a little bit more proud about it. So at the top of it, we're going to talk about Israel Adesanya versus John Jones. Not the beef, necessarily, but more so the fight. Like, actually breaking down the actual fight. Because there's just been too much talk of them, you know, ooh, who said the best shit on Twitter and this and that. You know, I want to talk about the fight. So we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about the fight breakdown. That's the beginning. That's the start of it. 
and you know uh, obviously they weird you know Gino what is it Gino nipples or some shit like that you know I can't really honestly tell if someone's on steroids especially especially not if uh, you know it's been a while obviously since you've seen, like really seen someone that been caught for steroids I mean Israel Adesanya's build it doesn't look like it's like steroids but I don't know who knows obviously there's USADA involved and all that so I mean you never know what these guys are doing and obviously if he hasn't been caught I'm not going to sit here and make any allegations just because people uh, decide to say those things and um, also speaking of middleweights Chris Weidman made some interesting comments on on Israel Adesanya saying that he's a bad matchup he's tailor made for him and he thinks he can break him I have my comments on that as well. Um, also in the news, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor are both campaigning for a charity fight. You know, that's like I think it's like a normal fight, but it, all the proceedings will go to the charity and you know the Good Fight Foundation. If you're familiar with Poirier's um, organization, you know donates all his his fight kit shorts and and you know the, all the stuff from his fight. Uh, you know he auctions off his uh, his gear from previous fights and. A couple other fighters and people have contributed to that too, so it's good to see that. Um, how rea how much of a reality is Poirier versus McGregor? I don't necessarily know. We've already seen that fight happen, and you know it'd be interesting to see what, what would it be like to see it as a second time, especially considering how much much more Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor have both have stylistically improved. So we'll talk about that as well. Um, Conor versus um, Manny Pacquiao. We'll talk about that. Um, as well as uh, Holly Holm, this weekend's fight night between Holly Holm and Irene Aldana, and more, ladies and gentlemen. And obviously, to close the show, we're gonna have a good, we're gonna have a good, funny talk about the uh, the presidential debate, the first presidential debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. So that will be crazy to talk about. So let's let's break it all down and talk about the Jones versus Adesanya fight. Obviously, early on, if you remember Israel Adesanya, he was greatly compared to John Jones because of the long reach, because of, uh, not just the fact that he's African-American. That, that was probably the last thing. It's just that, you know, he, he's long, he's creative, he's flashy, he did, does, did things a lot of people weren't seeing. And, you know, obviously John Jones, youngest champion in UFC history, also, you know, you know stylistically unorthodox and, and hard to predict and hard to read early on. And, you know, he's, they're both doing some superstardom-like shit. However, John Jones did it when he was 23. You know, Israel Adesanya is about 30-something uh, years old, not 32, 33, 32 or something like that. And, you know, he's obviously slowly but surely climbed his way up to, uh, you know, and fast-tracked his way to a middleweight title shot, which he did win. And he has been very successful since then. And he continues to look good as the fights progress. Every single opponent, he steadily seems to get better and better and better and um you know obviously like i said this 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 sparring verbal sparring with john jones on twitter it's it's got pretty personal considering the fact that israel brought up john's mother who had passed away and you know this the nasty tweets that they're engaging in and sending back and forth now at this rate man we just want to see this fight happen this fight is very i mean it's very interesting and be interesting to see you know how good is he truly is i mean we've seen him push to the brink in the Kelvin Gastelum fight, and that was Kelvin Gastelum wasn't even a, a, a championship uh, level. Well, not saying he's not a championship level fighter, he just wasn't the champion at the time. 
and we see him get pushed to the brink there. I mean, I don't know if Izzy took a day off or something in that fight or whatever the fuck happened with that fight, but, um, you know, he got busted up. He got pretty fucked up in that fight, considering the fact that it was Kelvin Gastelum, and like I said, no disrespect to Kelvin Gastelum. He wasn't fighting for a title or anything like that, or well, he was probably one or two steps away, but they still delivered a good fight. That shows you how good some of these guys are at middleweight. And um, now, like I said, I'm not done with the Israel Adesanya, uh, you know, like the hype. I'm behind it all the way, but it's going to be interesting to see how much better he gets as he progresses and he starts to fight more of these middleweight contenders that are coming up. I mean, like the Darren Tills, like the, uh, you know, the Darren Tills, the Robert Whitakers of the world. You know, obviously he's beating those guys and, you know, slowly but surely running out of contenders at middleweight. I mean, Jared Cannonier, we got Jack Hermanson. There's some couple good guys at middleweight, but there's not nearly enough to really warrant a long title reign, like comparing like to Anderson Silva back when he was a middleweight champion. But um, I think that you know Israel has a couple of good fights and a couple of good uh, you know performances ahead of him and stuff. And you know maybe after you know maybe like a, maybe another title defense or so, title defense or two. Because realistically, as much as John and Israel are sparring back and forth on Twitter. I, I don't think that that fight's anywhere near nor close to even happening, considering the fact that John is bulking up for a run at heavyweight, and he officially vacated his belt. Obviously, now that title is held by Jan Blachowicz, so you obviously know that it's true, and it wasn't just all talk that he was vacating. He actually vacated. But I think, like, you know, going back, let's, fat, let's uh, rewind back to when Israel Adesanya's first couple fights. You know, I think a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of Jones fans, a lot of people seemingly uh, started to get annoyed comparing him to Jones and being compared to Jones. And, you know, that kind of created a, you know, kind of a weird tension. So it was, like, it was always this weird tension from the start. You know, it was weird tension from the start. Um, I'm pretty sure John didn't like being compared to him. And, you know, obviously it boils into today it's 2020 these guys are going back and forth it's gotten pretty personal i mean super fights i mean if there wasn't jack hermanson or the you know jared cannonier robert whitaker darren tills like if there wasn't a couple more contenders at middleweight and say that israel kind of basically cleaned out middleweight he could make the jump to light heavyweight and maybe that could really prompt john to move down or maybe it made me at a catch weight or maybe this is all pointless in talking about because John, John wants to pursue heavyweight greatness, and we just talked about this the other day on the post-show. I think it was, no, it wasn't the post-show. I think, what, what was, you know, what was next for John Jones? The, on the segment of when we talked about John Jones or like an episode before that, you know, I want to see John fight a guy like Stipe Miocic because legacy-wise, and we talked about this yesterday on the John Jones segment, is that, you know, John doesn't need to fight these contenders anymore. He doesn't need to fight contenders to work his way up to fight for a belt. He's already earned that. So when it comes to this Israel fight, this is like a completely super fight. It's a complete super fight that a lot of people want to see. I mean, it's be pretty interesting to see because, you know, both these guys really, you know, really nasty beef. And who else really to go in on John Jones and get John Jones to really effectively talk back to him? Especially on Twitter, because considering, like, Israel Adesanya is very social media heavy, so he's not like one of these other guys that takes, like, freaking five hours to respond. You know, Israel Adesanya, you know, more, is more so on his phone than anything. 
and he has one of the most interesting and probably one of the best Twitter accounts I've ever seen. One of the best. And, you know, he's very charismatic, and, you know, his, his Twitter game's just solid. So, I mean, it's not the best guy to try to spar with, but, you know, John Jones, Israel Adesanya getting into it, you know, best-case scenario would be to see them fight, but how realistic is it for them to see them fight in 2020, considering the fact that John did openly say, like he keeps saying, openly talked about making his move to heavyweight. So he makes his move to heavyweight, and, you know, obviously, I think, like, you know, other than other than that, I mean, I don't want to see John in a non-title fight at heavyweight, though. Like, it's either get the title shot at heavyweight or... Maybe like a fr- fight with Francis and Ganu or some shit like that, but I don't know. Other than that, I don't want to see any other fights for John just yet. But going back to him and Izzy, you know, obviously, like I said, it's getting personal and all that. But for right now, I don't know. Is they're on completely different paths in a way? Because you know, like John, heavyweight Israel, you know, at the king of the middleweights and all that, and you know, he he wants to continue to establish his legacy as one of the best of all time, and you know, he's not necessarily that far away from doing that. Let's take a quick little commercial break, ladies and gentlemen. I forgot something inside the house. It's a great fight, don't get me wrong. I just, you know, I, I like realisticness. Excuse me. Excuse me for the squeakiness. Sorry for the loud noise. Just take a couple hits real quick. But yeah, like I said, it's an interesting fight. I would love to see it. It's one of those fights that we don't call them freak show. We call them like more so super fights. Fuck them underneath me, bro. Jeez. You know, like I said, it's a good fight. I'd love to see it. It's not like, like I said, it's not a freak show fight. But it's like one of those really big, highly anticipated fights that a lot of people want to see. But I don't know necessarily if we're going to get it right now. But hey, add it to the list of fights. It's one of those fights we gotta have to see, especially if the beef keeps getting real. I mean, maybe John could halt his move to heavyweight or something, or maybe they can meet at a catchweight. But like, think about it. You know, Israel. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, these guys are fighting. Um, not the, the, not Israel, but the contenders at middleweight are fighting. Um, you know, they're still fighting. So we got Darren Till, who's fighting Jack Hermanson. We got Jared Cannonier, he's fighting Robert Whitaker, so maybe in the meantime, he could fight John Jones, but no, how fucking realistic is that? Not really. So, and then, what is there left to do? Probably to go the separate ways, but you know, the beef still getting, it's getting real, and you know, it's hard to not think about them fighting, so, <laughs> it's uh, pretty interesting. But, you know, like, stylistically-wise, it's a really interesting fight. Like I said, we did just talk about, you know, like, the politics behind them and, you know, just back and forth and all that. But we didn't really talk about the fight breakdown. Like, breakdown-wise, style-wise, that's a very interesting fight. You know, because we've seen Israel get pushed, like I said, by Calvin Gaslam. Um, John Jones, like I said, is as creative as ever. Um, You know, great grappling, phenomenal takedowns good chin on him, Israel Adesanya, very tactical, very quick, you know, his fight IQ is solid, you know, he's able to read people's timing well, I think it's a, you know, it's obviously a very dangerous fight, considering the fact that he's not just some contender, he's Israel Adesanya, the king of the middleweights, 
know, he, he's, he's obviously the champion for a reason. He's beaten some high-caliber guys, some really, really good guys. Obviously, at middleweight, John's beaten a lot of good guys at heavy or light heavyweight, and has been beating lots of guys at light heavyweight in different eras since 2011. So he's been looking good, and John's been doing good, you know, since since the beginning. You know, he's still obviously um, he's at the top. He's not holding a belt right now due to the fact that um, you know, he just vacated his belt and he's pursuing a run in heavyweight. But that doesn't take away from the resume and everything that John's done. You know, like I said, he's. Unorthodox, you know, he's he's creative, and uh, you know, you don't really know what he's gonna do next. You know, he's tactical. He, he's you know, he's very tricky, and you know, Israel's very tricky as well. And you know, his IQ is solid as well. And John's team, John has a good team. John tends to adjust fights. You know, he adjusts to a lot of different styles, and he's seen a lot of styles over the years. So, I'm pretty sure, like you know, obviously he hasn't. There's nothing Israel's done that he hasn't seen before, but. What Israel's been able to do has gotten him, uh, gotten him a middleweight title, and you know it's not like he's looked absolutely unbeatable. It just takes the right opponent for Israel. And I mean that in the best case, in the most respectful way whatsoever. Like I said, nobody is unbeatable forever. Obviously, unless you're like a Mayweather kind of guy, but. You know, just it just depends. You know, like I said, because we did see him, we did see him get pushed by Kelvin Gastelum. You know, to the teeth, and we've seen him busted up. We've seen him hurt. Obviously, we've seen him rocked, and all that. And you know, obviously, we've seen we've seen that happen with John too. Like I said, that happens. That happens with a lot of champions, though. Like I said, uh, the, the the first Gustafson fight, do you remember John's face in that fight? That happens all the time. Well, not all the time, but, like, it it's it happens in certain fights. Certain people push you to be better. Maybe in a rematch, Kelvin Gastelum beats Israel. Maybe in a rematch, Israel handily beats Kelvin Gastelum easier than the first time. You know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a one-sided fight. It was a close fight. It definitely was. But, you know... Maybe Israel, like John, goes and does better in rematches. Who knows? Stylistically, this heavily anticipated fight between a light heavyweight GOAT against the current middleweight GOAT. Stylistically, very fun. I'd love to see it. But for right now, I think we can look forward to the middleweight showdowns we've got. Between Till, Hermanson, Whitaker, and Cannoneer. And speaking of middleweights, we're going to continue um, to, to go forward with the steroid allegations. The Israel's on steroids. I think it's the first time I've ever heard people say that. So it's pretty wild to think and to say. And imagine if he did get popped for steroids. That would be like the biggest fucking craziest thing that ever happened in this year. And, you know, obviously, one big point, one main point of why I wanted to say this was that steroids does not help your fight IQ. Israel's known for his fight IQ, not his physique. He's as skinny as fuck. Obviously, he's very tactical and very effective with all of the kicks, punches, elbows, knees, and everything else that he brings under the sun. But, you know, that that's his style, his, his techniques, his IQ. It doesn't help. Maybe he gives him a little bit more power, more strength, physical strength. You know, people that get steroids are physically more in shape and more stronger and more lethal if you get hit by someone like that. But... You know, stylistic, like, IQ, 
you know, just, just being aware of, you know, your cage time, everything that's under the sun. You, you can't, steroids don't teach you how to block a head kick or how to counter or how to attempt to take down or scramble out of a submission stuff. That's your own fight IQ, so it's pretty crazy, man. I don't think he would uh, want to, you know, obviously he heavily accused Paulo Costa and asked how many times Paulo Costa's been getting tested and, you know, he's been, seems to be very against the usage of steroids and stuff like that so it doesn't seem like he would be one type of person out of all people i don't think israel adesanya would be one of those guys to, to uh be uh what is it you know like to pop for steroids i mean we've seen crazier things happen in the sport but that would be the biggest thing and biggest craziest thing so i'm gonna dismiss that steroid allegation i'm not i don't know too much about geno nipples or any steroid shit i'm just here to watch fights man so i mean i really don't pay attention to shit like that but like I said, if that had happened, that shit would be crazy. So let's move along from that. We're going to stay in the middleweight division. We'll move on to the former middleweight champion of the UFC, Chris Weidman's recent comments on Israel Adesanya and saying he could beat him. And uh, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I said it openly on Twitter. I'm like, that is the worst thing you want to say after a fight like that. The fight he had against Omari Akhmedov. You know, you know what? You want to know something? At that time, I just wanted to see him win. You know, I wanted to see him get a win under his belt. All respects to Chris Weidman. He got a win under his belt against a very tough Russian Russian guy, Omari Akhmedov. He's a very tough guy. You know, any of those punches that he was throwing in those fights you know, could have been the ones to end it in, in the fight with Chris Weidman. And obviously, Omari just got, you know, out-grappled. Chris Weidman, you know, went for some takedowns, went for loads of takedowns in that fight. And they were very, very sloppy. He looked tired. He looked... Exhausted. He wasn't out of shape or nothing. He just looked tired and exhausted. And it wasn't one of the best performances. And most definitely not one of those fights that you want to, you know, be saying you, you can beat Israel Adesanya or you're a bad matchup. And all the shit he's been saying, MMA fighting does a good job of uh, doing that. And it's partly the media's fault. for Because, you know, you got these ruthless fans online and you put a stupid headline and, you know, the haters and all the people that don't like you or the people that support you or people who just want to be right all the time will come and you know be absolutely ruthless and you know obviously attacking a fighter like that oh he's one in five or two wins a uh, two and five in his last seven or some shit like that and people try to come up with reasons to hate but come on Chris Weidman you, you would not be able to be Israel to sign you get a couple wins under your belt beat some top contenders and you get your mojo back, but after a win like that over Akhmedov, and you're calling and you're saying that Israel Adesanya is a tailor-made fight for you, when Israel Adesanya's takedowns, you know, the Rob, the Rob Wilkinson fight was a perfect example of his takedown defense, and, you know, Derek Brunson fight too. I mean, I just think 99.9999.99.9 fucking percent of the time, Chris Weidman loses that fight in vicious fashion. In vicious fashion, I think Israel Adesanya cracks him, and you know, obviously, as snappy and quick and precise as Israel's striking is, and how good his takedown defense is. If Chris Weidman can't take him down, there is no way he's winning that fight. He's not beating him on the feet. He's not taking a shot from a guy like Israel who hits very hard and very accurately. It's not gonna be good. It's just not gonna be good. I mean, to see Chris say outlandish things like that, come on, man. 
I mean, obviously, I know, like, people believe you believe in yourself. You got to say things. And, you know, if you say and you believe the things that you're saying, then by all means. But, you know, there's just a lot of things you don't say online. You don't say, um, you know, obviously, you can say whatever you want. But, you know, I was just talking to G about this on Twitter earlier. If you follow my Twitter, G the King Official, uh, GT King Official on Twitter, uh, we were talking just about, like, you know, I would want I would be the type of person to be honest with myself. Like obviously, like I said, for Chris, you know, it's good to still have title aspirations, but you've got to work your way up. You've got to fight a couple of good top contenders, maybe amass together a couple of wins before you really want to be saying stuff like that. Because you know, in this day and age of social media and just the way people are, how critical the world is. You know, as a professional fighter, you don't just have yourself to worry about or your team your preparation, but you got the pressures of the people, of the world, of pe of constantly being covered. You drop a pen. Conor McGregor drops a pen on an old lady off the Eiffel Tower. It's going to be noted. Conor McGregor takes a shit in public. It's going to be noted. Floyd Mayweather slaps bartender across the face. It's going to be noted. It doesn't even have to do with fighting. Your lives are openly publicized by the media. And that's exactly why like I said, MMA Fighting and BJPen.com, MMA Junkie, all these bullshit-ass sites that we go to for our inf information put up bullshit headlines. You know, the, the biggest irk for me personally is when I hear a fucking interview or some shit like that that a fighter does, and I heard the whole entire podcast or a whole entire conversation, and boom, they pull out specific pieces, and they put it out as a headline. I'm like, come on, you guys are just some fucks behind it computer looking for clicks and looking to stir up beef and they started stirring up beef media has been part of the reason why the, the, the whole world's turned upside down especially when it comes to politics happens a lot in politics we're not going to sit here and talk about politics but that happens false information false misspreading false spreading of information is a big one a lot of people look at that as well as, you know, like I said, in the world of mixed martial arts, especially with Connor, especially with John Jones, high-profile fighters like Israel Adesanya, Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar, all these top-tier fighters. You know, no one's going to be talking about a guy like, a, like Neil Magny, something like that. All respects to Neil Magny or some guy like that. Or like, you know, like the lower-tier guys, not like the superstars. So there's the superstars, <laughs> Kim Kardashians of the world. You know, outside of the fight game. Kanye West is everybody. All these motherfuckers. Highly publicized. So, when you're saying some stupid shit, going back to Chris Weidman like that, it's not the smartest thing to do, honestly. Like I said, I was telling G that he was like, you know, I would want to be honest with myself. And, and on this day and age, you would think that you would want, wouldn't want to say something at, as outlandish as that. But, uh, like I said, it's going to be interesting. You know, if you can rack together some wins, and by all means, Chris Weidman, have aspirations for, for the title. It's just not going to be anytime soon. Okay, moving on. I'm tired of talking about the middleweight division. Alrighty. So, Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor charity fight. Not been announced. Dana White did say that he offered the fight to Dustin and Conor. Dustin obviously accepted. Conor seemed to have accepted. I think at this point in time, now Conor just wants to have fight because you know we went from talking about that whole season to you know fighting Donald Cerrone winning in under a minute and we haven't seen him or heard well we've heard from him we just haven't seen him fight ever since and 
unfortunately for him, obviously we've seen what happened with all the screenshots being recently released, and you know he posted the screenshots of his conversations with Dana White, and you know how they failed to come to agreements, and you know Dana White not responding, and just the whole the whole thing was a mess. So just and Dana White saying he posted he broke the man code and all that, but um, you know posting all that. I have no comments on that. It just seems from what I've seen from on the side of Connor that he does want to fight. And he's talked about fighting the Manny Pacquiao and it seems to be a real real thing. And um you know, would I be opposed to that? I mean, I don't think he could be Manny Pacquiao. Especially with not how tactical and how nasty of power Manny Pacquiao has. Arguably has way more power than Floyd Mayweather. And he packs a punch. So Manny Pacquiao hits you, man. You're going to sleep. If he lands cleanly, you're going to sleep as well. And if Connor can't keep up with a guy like that, man, you know, at this day and age, you know, name recognition is not going to win you a fight. You could be Connor McGregor. You could be GSP for all for all sakes. It's not going to win you. You're not going to win if that's not your forte. Like his his forte is mixed martial arts. He's a phenomenal striker. His striking is some of the best I've ever seen. Connor is one of the best in the world, and. and for the longest time has had some of the best uh you know obviously the best timing the best punching you know nasty nasty knockout power precision striking definitely dangerous if he lands but in a boxing fight with Manny Pacquiao I just don't think it's going to be as competitive as people think and you know maybe he, he offers some things that Manny hasn't seen but largely Manny's been boxing since Connor was before Connor was even in the UFC when he was on welfare with his girlfriend and Manny Pacquiao was making million dollar multi-million dollar paydays way before Connor was even sniffing a paycheck like that. So I just don't, stylistically wise, that's a bad matchup. We're dismissing that Manny Pacquiao fight. I don't think that's going to be competitive whatsoever. Going back to the Dustin Poirier fight. I mean, obviously, that's, like I said, it'd be interesting to see how Poirier has improved. Well, we've seen how he's improved. He's had several fight of the night honors. He had the great fights with Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez, um, fought Khabib for the title. Obviously came up short, but you know Poirier has improved substantially. Connor has improved substantially, and I think at this day and age and this rate, that all Connor wants to do is fight. So we got to give this man a fight. Um, a big problem, and something that he did say in one of the reports that I was reading that you know he can't come back until the fan until they get fans in attendance. Because you look at Connor, Connor's a superstar. So Connor, obviously, with fans or without, I have to point and, and assume that millions of people are going to watch. But those we haven't seen, we've never had a Connor McGregor event without fans. And you know, you know, for me, thinking about the business side of it, you know how much money you're losing out on. Even if people stream it online, because people are going to legally stream, they're, they're going to watch it on Instagram, watch it at a buddy's house, watch it at a bar, if the bars are open. And, you know, it's going to make good numbers, but it, a Connor fight would make billion times more in the numbers if fans were in attendance. That's the problem we're having right now. Because the whole social gatherings, the whole coronavirus, all the shit that's going down on this coronavirus and the impact of all that. It's like impossible almost. It's like either Connor fights and we risk not making nearly as much money on the biggest star in the history of the sport. Or we wait a little bit, let things unfold. Maybe wait till 
I don't want to say this to be political, but after the election or after this year, or however, depending on how the world seems to seemingly build itself back up, if possible. But main key point is that it seems to have be pointed the biggest problem is the fact that there is no fans in attendance and Connor generates loads and loads and loads of money. So I, as a businessman and, and seeing it on the UFC side, I don't think that having Connor fight with no fans is a smart idea. But then again, what can you do? Are you just going to keep him on the sidelines? Are you going to find another way to make money? However, UFC is the first organization in, in major sports to come back during this coronavirus pandemic and done fantastic the way they tested the fighters, the way they've handled the quarantines, how the fighters have made it to the hotels and the, the, the whole regulations, everything that they've been following. They've been absolutely phenomenal. So it seems like the UFC can figure it out. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'd rather have a Connor fight. I would I would be sad if there wasn't a Connor fight. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'd rather have a Connor fight than not to have a Connor fight. So it'd be inter- it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing. Um, you know, I'd, I'd pick for, for a first fight back or for, since the Donald Cerrone fight. You know, I think Connor would, you know, that would be a fun fight to see him and, and um, Dustin Poirier go at it, considering the fact that they have that past beef. But, you know, all beef aside, if you look at it now, it seems to be very cordial, very respectful. It wasn't any disrespect. It wasn't any bad trash talk or anything. It was just simply wanting to put it together for charity. McGregor's a good guy deep down at heart. Poirier's a good guy deep down at heart. We know that. You know, the first time they fought, Connor was kind of on the rise. And, you know, he's talking all that shit and stuff like that. But he's at the point where he doesn't really need to do that too much. I mean, the fight with Donald... It wasn't uh, really any beef. I know they had talked shit previously in like the press conferences and stuff like that. But you know that fight, that last one with Cowboy, was very cordial. As will his next few fights, I do believe. Especially a fight with Poirier, it's an interesting fight and stuff like that. So it's gonna be interesting, man. Especially if it does end up happening. I know, like I said, that that no fans and attendance thing for Connor probably is a huge problem for the UFC. But um, just, just obviously wait and see what happens. You know, some people don't believe it's happening, but if it does happen, cool. If it doesn't, then we're gonna obviously see what twenty, the rest of twenty twenty has to unfold. Considering the fact that it is October already, so interesting to see, and interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks or whenever the fuck anything comes together for Glenn Connor or Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier, I'd like to see him fight before the end of the year. So we'd like to see that happen. Hopefully, time anytime soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we're going to get on to the last leg of the show. We're going to skip the presidential debate bullshit at the end of it because there's really no point because we saw what happened and, you know, there's really nothing <sighs> Americans really can do, you know, because it comes like basically to, to, to put this whole point to bed. You know, obviously there's things we can vote on that can improve our qualities of life, but when we're left with only two people, as options, and they're not two of the best people we can absolutely pick from, which is something I was telling my brother last night. I was like, out of all the millions of people in the world and all the people that can run for president, we've only got these two that everybody's talking about. And it's not really the best choice for a lot of people. I'm not saying for me. I stay out of these things. I like to sit and watch on the outside. So I'm not a Trump supporter, nor am I a Bernie's, or not Bernie's, um, Joe Biden supporter. I'm not heavily left or heavily right or any of that kind of shit. I just like to see what happens you know i'm part of this world this world is a crazy world we live in so we're gonna see what happens and um may the best man win i 
Joe Biden said, you know, obviously some very good things. Trump's just Trump. Comes off as a very ignorant, very cocky, rude. People accuse him of being racist. I mean, there's a side of me that doesn't like the negativity that Trump brings the entire world that he causes for American people. And there's a side of me who would like to see that end and see how people, if people really think he's that bad of a guy, to see that end would be interesting for the world to see how people tend to fall back into place. If that big super bad guy is gone, I want to see how the world's going to be after that. Because I care about the world and I care about the people of the world. So I'm not going to want to see the world as, oh, every time I hear Trump, I just want to go crazy. Oh, fuck Trump. I don't like Trump. And they get into angry, heated debates with people online and person, physically assaulting people, thinking it's okay to sexually assault people, be heavily motivated by the actions of Trump and all that. So, I mean, I, I, want, I just want to see what the world would be like if Trump wasn't here, considering how negative people are about him. Is that bad to say? Can we, can we sit here and say there's no controversy with that? Just wanting to see what the world would be like with Trump not in office. At least, can we turn down the negativity in the world? Would the negativity go down the drain? I don't know. Okay, so we're putting that topic to bed. The final leg of the show. Appreciate you guys for joining us, by the way. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Join the conversation on Twitter. Hashtag KWTKPod on Twitter. KWTKPod on Instagram and Twitter. GTKingOfficial on Instagram. GTKingOfficial on Twitter. Okay, so... Holly Holm takes on Areen Aldana. I don't know a solid amount about Areen Aldana. I know she's very beautiful. She's from Mexico. She's very good. She's had a lot of good wins. You know, she's a top contender for sure. She, and then Holly Holm has to be your stiffest test. You know, former women's bantamweight champion, former featherweight contender. When she fought for the belt against Chris Cyborg, obviously came up short and was knocked out for the first time in combat sports by Chris Cyborg. Um... But, you know, she, Holly Holmes, a stiff test, man. She has great grappling. Obviously, former boxing champion, kickboxing champion. You know, very good on his feet, very sound, very tactical. And, you know, obviously very good. I mean, there's not a lot of women. Probably Holly Holmes the top, top of the line when it comes to women and how much experience women ha has. And she probably leads the list with the top, the top experience and stuff. So, I mean, Holly Holmes, no easy, no easy win for anybody. You know, there's been a lot of times where we've seen Holly get grap out grappled or choked or something like that, like in the Misha Tate fight. But, um, you know, you know, not a lot of people would beat Holly on the feet. She's very good. Especially on the feet. She's she's very sound. She's very quick. Not not super quick. She has a lot of power. And she's just a tough she's a tough uh tough out for anybody. So it's a be a real tough test for Irene Aldana. For Irene Aldana, because we haven't seen her fight for about yet, a win for her would be very, very um promising and considering the fact that there's not really a lot of people at 135 and 145 pounds that can really contest for Amanda Nunes's belt. I think Irene Aldana is a perfect opponent for Amanda Nunes. I think it'll be a fun fight. Um, I don't necessarily know if Irene would win, but we need some fresh blood for Amanda Nunes, considering the fact that she's beating a lot of these people. And shout out to Amanda Nunes and her uh, wife, Nina Antarov, on the birth of her baby. Shout out to you guys. You're the baddest mothers on the fucking planet, for sure. Top contender, Nina Antarov. 
double champ Amanda Nunes. How good must life get? Um, so like I said, Holly Holm is a tough out for anybody. And how can you forget that upset win over Ronda Rousey that satisfied millions of people throughout the world? You know, she's, she's won some amazing fights. That's kick her around the world will forever go down as one of the biggest upsets in UFC history. Or in MMA history. I mean, the big Ronda Rousey, that famous Ronda Rousey, who's on the posters, who's in the media, who's on movies. She's a superstar. Oh, my God, Ronda Rousey. Everybody's going crazy for Ronda Rousey. Boom, Holly Holm put that shit to sleep. And I remember watching, and I remember breaking that fight down. We've talked about it a bunch of times. You know, I just knew that Ronda's striking wasn't the best. She was a judoka. She wasn't really necessarily that good with boxing. She went to Edmund. She wasn't, you know, and Edmund was obviously a good trainer. He's produced, produced a really good top contender in Edmund Shabazian. But, you know, for Ronda Rousey, she, she obviously learned and did know some boxing. She, she looked good on the pads mostly, but it's all about putting it together. And obviously in the Holly Holm fight, it's thought Holly had like a billion times more experience than Ronda had. And um, I just thought that wasn't a bad, that wasn't a good matchup to begin with. And now we've seen it happen. So Holly Holm will forever be known for that. And um, that being said, I think Holly Holm gets the job done. Unanimous decision. Either Irina Donna wins by unanimous decision or Holly Holm. I'd, I'd say a big coming out party would be Irene beating Holly Holm. And, you know, not, you know, she's able to finish her. That'd be cool. But not unanimous decision win. By all means, I'll be perfectly fine with that. So. Uh, anything else we got here on the show? Anything, ladies and gentlemen? That was, really was everything I wanted to cover. I mean, we kind of blazed through it. It's hella fucking hot out here, for sure. Um, but, anyways, guys, yeah, it's really, really fucking hot out here. Not too hot, obviously. Like I said, the fires are still, you know, burning. The sky is no longer blue. It's barely blue. It's kind of. You can see little shades, but it's not. It's not blue. It's very smoky. You open up your iPhone app and you look, it says air quality, unhealthy. So you got to be safe. So stay indoors, wear a mask, practice social distancing, ladies and gentlemen. I think that's the end of it today. Appreciate you guys for joining us. We'll be back sooner rather than later for sure. Considering the fact that we have a couple days off, um, we have tomorrow and Saturday. So we'll have Saturday and Sunday and stuff like that. We'll have the show. We'll return to a post-show recap and probably watch the fights too since we'll have Saturday off too. So join me in and watching those we might do a pre or post show well, we'll do a post show for sure so be able to join be sure to join us on that one too and i appreciate all you guys for joining us here on this episode of kicking it with the king hopefully oh 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 and i've got a surprise for you guys yo um we're gonna turn on some official podcasting intro music i'm gonna load it in and you guys are gonna hear it as the intro about a minute or so minute and a half before this podcast begins so in post-production when you hear the future episodes of the show after the ads you're gonna hear that you're gonna hear the brand new kicking it with the king intro song tune in don't miss it we're out of this bitch g the king official on instagram ladies and gentlemen gt king official on twitter kwtk pod both on instagram and twitter we're out of this bitch bye folks